TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 362, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Uh, hey, Peter, pop culture, I guess, enthusiast in Los Angeles. And this is Tom, executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. All righty. Uh, first up in the news, we have... Thank you. Very effective special uh, sound effects. Uh, we have, to no one's surprise, Stranger Things has been renewed for season three on Netflix. What? <laughs> Nobody expected that. Yes. Uh, Danelle, I think that's how you say her name. Danelle Ackles has been cast as a reoccurring role on Supernatural. She's playing a nun. Ackles, whom that name sounds so familiar. Yes, and I was like, is it his sister? No, it is his wife. Uh, so apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently she was an actress before. She was on One Tree Hill and some other stuff before. She married Mr. Ackles and they had a, uh, two or three kids. I can't remember how many they've had. And I guess now she wants to get back into acting. So that was a very convenient uh, and I'm sure she lives close, somewhere near Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> All right. I have no idea if she's any good. Let's fingers crossed and hope she is. All right. Uh, CBS All Access has ordered a full season pickup for a dark fairy tale. Um, but they're enlisting the creators of Dawson's Creek. Because uh, that makes sense to me. So uh, they, I don't think it's, they don't have a name for it yet, but it's supposed to have a full season pickup. Um, hopefully, I guess the pitch went really well. So, so I, I guess, I guess that means it's probably going to be teenager based then. <laughs> Cause the Dawson's Creek thing. Oh God, yeah. I hope not. Yeah. But CBS skews older. So I would actually assume not if, if, if anything, they might be young twenties, but I doubt teenagers uh but cbs all access definitely needs new more shows so let's see what happens uh hbo has passed on the lord of the Rings series because they said that they already have an epic fantasy and they're probably weren't even offered no they were no they 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 said hbo they were offered it and hbo said they declined because they're going to concentrate on their Game of Thrones prequel series that they're doing. And so Amazon snatched it up uh, for multiple seasons for $250 million. That was the winning bid. So Did you say $250 million? Yep. As in quarter of a billion with a B dollars? <laughs> that is what I said. Holy crap. It said multiple seasons, but I'm not sure Jeez. how many seasons that is, whether that's two or three <laughs> or what. But it's for a multi-season deal. Considering it's sight unseen, they haven't even seen a pilot. 
but yeah, they are the winning bid there. And and to be fair, HBO probably couldn't compete with that kind of bid. They didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. Um, CBS has given a series pickup for a show called Blood and Treasure, which will air next summer. And the premise is that these treasure hunters are going to stop terrorists. And I was like, what? So apparently what it is is that these terrorists are funding their operations by finding ancient artifacts and selling them and using the profits to uh, fund their terrorist cell. And so these treasure hunters are going to get to the artifacts first. So it's National Treasure meets Procedural 24. Or... Yeah, something bizarre like that. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know how that genre mixes. Mm. What else? <laughs> and the last piece of news, this happened on Talking Dead uh, last Sunday. Uh, they announced that Lenny James will be leaving The Walking Dead and going to fear The Walking Dead. And he was as upset about it as I was. Like, they had him in the interview and he was Did like he, not know? he knew towards the end of the season like i think they kill his character off like i think he knew by the time he got to the end of the season that he was leaving the walking dead and he got a week off and started filming fear and so when they did the interview he just said he had just been at the rap party and he had said goodbye to everybody and he started like tearing up about how he was going to miss being on the walking dead. And Melissa McBride was on the show and she was like, I thought I was done crying. And then she started crying and, uh, he did not seem excited at all to be on fear. Um, (laughs) is anybody excited about fear? (laughs) Well, I, and, and the thing is they were trying to make it a mystery. Like, is it going to be someone from fear that's going to go to the walking dead? And I was like, no, cause walking dead does not need your help. Uh, so I knew it was going to be somebody from the walking dead going to fear and it had to be a fan favorite or what's the point. Um, but everybody guessed it was going to be Abraham because he started off in Texas and fear is going to be in Texas this season. So that would be logical. You have a fan favorite. He's not on the show anymore. And Fear takes place two years before The Walking Dead. So it would totally works timeline-wise. What does not make sense is how Morgan, who started off in Atlanta at the beginning of the apocalypse, because he's the first person that Rick meets. Right. And then we see him in Clear in Season 3... And his son's died and he's crazy. And then he's on the road at some point and then he meets the stick man and he learns how to fight and then he makes his way to Alexandria. At what point does he go to Texas? That makes no sense. There are no airplanes. How did he get all the way to Texas and then all the way back to Alexandria? Anyway, uh, I have no idea what's going on. It's going to be Did a twin see- brother. <laughs> Did you see that they put, uh, Maggie Grace from Lost is coming to Fear of the Walking Dead Season 4 too? I did not see the Maggie Grace news. They had just announced another big star that looks exactly like the lead. Um, Madison is the lead on the show. She's uh, yeah. 
you know, and they just announced another woman that's going to be the lead. And she looks almost exactly like Madison, except she's a bigger actor. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Um, I forgot her name. Uh, but they they are basically recasting the heck out of that show. Yeah, because it's terrible. Oh, I know. I'm not disagreeing. And I think the show absolutely needs a facelift. But I and hopefully they will kill at least half the characters because those guys all suck. <laughs> um, I am really looking forward to some deaths. Like, please. But I fear that if they're bringing Lenny James... The one good thing about that show is uh, Domingo. What is his character's name? The one black guy on the show that I'm blanking his character's name, but the actor's name is Coleman Domingo. Um, I'm afraid of the conservation of black man theory happening. And, and <laughs> Are you Negro, Negro Librium? Yes. So if you bring Lenny James on, that means that Coleman Domingo must go away. But he's the strongest actor on that show. That would be a terrible mistake. Um, anyway, uh, Tom, you have news. I have a bunch of news. CBS has given full season orders to Superior Donuts. Don't know why. And Man with the Plan, which is at least decent. Fox is giving Ghosted six more episodes. Uh, Netflix has canceled Haters Back Off after season two. They have poached Sabrina the Teenage Witch from CW with a 20-episode order. And Umbrella Academy has rounded out its cast with Tom Hopper from uh, more, most recently Game of Thrones and before that uh, Black Sails. And a whole bunch of people. Emmy Raver Lampman from Hamilton as Allison. Uh, Tom Hopper is playing Luther, Luther. David Castaneda as Diego. Robert Sheehan as Klaus. And Aiden Gallagher is number five. And they join previously announced cast member Ellen Page, who plays Vanya. So it's about a dysfunctional member of... Dysfunctional family of superheroes called the Umbrella Academy. So it's like the Incredibles, but they're dysfunctional? I guess so. <laughs> uh, Sh- Showtime has renewed Smilf for season two. And finally, uh, American Gods on Stars is losing executive producers Brian Fuller and Michael Green, evidently due to... Air quotes, creative differences, uh, and Brian, Brian Fuller is going to be working on, among other things, uh, amazing stories for Apple. Apple? Why? Sorry, I'm okay. Money! That's why. <laughs> there are already too many. I mean, I shouldn't complain because that means there's more work for me, but mm-hmm. uh, there's just too many shows. There too but there's, many not shows. Enough, there's not enough good shows. I'm not going to disagree with that. All right. Uh, Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. And this week's episode was... I have to think about it. Uh, This is more about the hilltop and um, Maggie's decision. Like, what is she going to do with all these prisoners that Jesus was so kind to bring to her? And that was sarcasm quotes, in case you were wondering. Um, and her solution was very elegant. I liked it. Uh, Greg, what did you think? Oh, um, well, I think, uh, I think keeping the saviors around is, uh, it's still going to be problematic. Oh yeah. It's going to get them killed. It's going to get, well, not the main characters, but it's going to get somebody killed. Yeah. It's going to get some people killed. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, you know, they, 
right in early in the episode, you know, Maggie's getting upset because Jesus is going around feeding turnips to the um, to the saviors because since you've captured them, now you have to feed, feed them. Feed them, exactly. Um, and, um, and although Maggie is kind of thinking that, you know, if the saviors end up catching some of their folks, they might be able to trade uh, some yeah, of the saviors. Yeah, but has she met Negan? Negan right. doesn't care about his people. I, okay, maybe her solution right. wasn't elegant. Yeah, and, and so <laughs> just going to end up with a bunch of people in a pen, like, plotting to, you know, because they were already talking about, we're going to take this place, you know. Well, um, that idiot, she should have killed that guy anyway, because he was already a troublemaker. Um, and he didn't seem like he wanted to cooperate at all. And if she had killed him, she, she probably would have helped to keep the rest of them in line. So... Yeah, he's going to be a problem, and they're going to have to kill him. And when they kill him, I will be very, very happy. He bothers me so much. Uh, but strangely enough, we've got um, Carl who um, meets a new person. Sadif, something like that. Yeah, he's an Arab character. Yes, so he's – I didn't know how this – universe was going to introduce new interesting characters for us but uh apparently they still have a way that if you just happen to be meandering in the woods you can come across <laughs> human beings who have survived as long um uh, as everyone else has as well well i like that they at first make you think that he's crazy but he's not um it was like he's interesting i think at first he was like you know stranger danger Carl, don't run up into to new people. But um, what I fear, too, and I don't know if you noticed. Do you, do you remember the fight that they had with all those walkers? And Carl was like, let's go release their souls. And then they got outnumbered really quickly and everything. Yeah, Carl almost bit it. Well, that's the thing is he had like this really long pause. It scares the crap out of me because he's fighting them and he's only got one eye. And so he's fighting the one in front of him. And then there's one coming to him on his blind side and then they cut and they show the other guy fighting. And then the fight's over and Carl stands up and he's like, Hey, are you okay? And Carl pauses for like a really long time. And then he's like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. And he's covered in so much blood, you can't tell if he's fine or not. And it just gave me a really bad feeling. That's all. I, 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 oh, it's stressing me out. It's stressing me out. Uh, I just want to confirm. I want him in like clean clothes and you can tell, yes, he's fine. But it looks like next week we're not going to be with Carl and them. We're going to be with the sanctuary again, which, ugh. But was, what was there any other story? Oh, was, what was, oh, Rick's brilliant plan to go talk to the garbage people. And now we know what he was doing with all those uh, photographs. Um, and it didn't work at all to convince them. And I don't know why he thought it would. What do you think? Well, obviously he's naked in a in a yeah, cargo I, container. I'm saying, what do you think of his plan? <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know why he thought that would work. I feel like there better be another part of the plan. Because so far, Rick's plans have been pretty good. Like, it's been layered and it's been working. And this plan, it seems very obvious that just bringing photographs to these guys is not going to do the trick. 
So uh, well, well, I don't know. I think he just kind of thinks that the uh, the heapsters are just um, opportunistic people, you right. know, because he supposedly had them on board um, a while ago to try to defeat Negan, and then they kind of switched sides because Negan gave them a a better deal. So uh, maybe he just figures that um, uh, maybe he just figures that you know if he comes to them and shows them that you know his yeah, his but what if it doesn't that, work? He'll get some. He'll get some more numbers on his side. Maybe that's what he thinks. Yeah, that's a stupid plan. They betrayed just, him initially because he just lost the hilltop people. So well, he didn't know he was gonna. No, he lost the kingdom people. He didn't know he was gonna lose the kingdom people before he came up with this part of the plan because everybody knew what he was gonna do. So this was part of the original plan, and I just think that trying to depend on some people that betrayed you in the first place is a terrible plan. That's all. I just, I really hope that there's another part of it that we haven't seen yet or else this is stupid. Oh, and the other thing is helicopter. Where do you think the helicopter is about or where it came from or anything? I don't know. We've seen that a couple of times uh, throughout the seasons. And so it's, I mean, we kind of get the idea that, you know, parts of Atlanta were like napalmed, but I, I'm not sure um, what the whole um, uh, helicopter thing is about. Although you have read the comics and you probably know what the helicopter is about. I have a theory and I haven't read all the comics. I've skimmed the comics. Um, my theory has to do with the new comics that are coming out dealing with the New World Order which is an underground government. Uh, so the government has been underground all this time, and in the New World Order, they're coming out to reorganize the United States. Well, we've got to get to the whispers before we get to that point, because yes. um, Heath has been gone far too long. <laughs> he disappears one episode, and we have no idea what's going on. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's let's. Uh, I'd say this was a decent episode. It was not the best of episodes. I mean, I think the first few, first four of the season were much stronger. Now we're getting into the shaky ground. So, but we're almost up to the mid-season finale, and they always make that one pretty good. So we got to have a lull, I guess, before the storm. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Crisis on Earth X. We're not going to discuss. Uh, individual episodes in that regard or, or of Supergirl versus Flash versus Arrow. We're going to talk about Crisis on Earth X Part 1, 2, 3, and 4. Talk about it that way. Because it was basically a four-part movie that paid no regard whatsoever to which time slot it was in. And uh, they redid the opening credits to reflect that. So I think we should do the same. So, first hour on Crisis of Earth X was all about Barry and Iris's wedding and everybody's coming and getting their invitations. And so it kind of started a little slow, but it definitely picked up when, uh, of course, the wedding gets interrupted by Nazis. What did you well, guys when, think? When of William Cat, the greatest American hero, gets vaporized by the bad guys. <laughs> Is that what, who that was? <laughs> yeah, you didn't recognize him? No, not at all. No. Yeah, no, I didn't. Either. Wait, wait. Wait, I'm going to have to rewatch it. Wait, who was he? William Catt, who played the greatest American hero, was the was the pastor marrying them. And oh. he's the one who gets vaporized. 
Yeah, I did well, not see funny. that. I didn't catch that at all. Nice. I didn't catch that either. Uh, but yeah, I, I was like, what do you do when your wedding gets invaded by Nazis? Apparently, <laughs> if you're Rory, you have a bang-up time. He's like, this is the best wedding ever. Uh, what do you guys think? Comments? Thoughts? Well, you know, I had not watched any of these shows in a few seasons. Like, I watched the first season of Supergirl, stopped after season two of Flash. I, I did watch a lot of Arrow, maybe three or four seasons. But everyone had been telling me that they had said that this crisis thing was was really good, and they thought it was a better version of what the Justice League movie was trying to do. And I was like, okay, I'm curious. So I binged them, and I watched them all this weekend. I just pretty much sat down and watched all four of them. So... As a person who doesn't know a lot of the newer characters, especially Legends of Tomorrow, like I don't really know that show at all, uh, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, <laughs> I thought, you know, I mean, ever since Joss Whedon, I mean, again, I don't know if Joss Whedon's the first person, but ever since Joss Whedon had, that, had the idea of like taking taking characters and having them like uh, swap, you know, remember like, I don't know, they'll, they'll do like a body swap or something like a Buffy and... Uh, faith swapped bodies and stuff so in this i liked having most of the characters except for flash most of the characters get to play an evil version of themselves like right. yeah and, and it's nazis oh and i gotta say this um before we get into like plot details and stuff i've i've heard but i had not seen i had heard that these shows especially supergirl um when i see reviews of them are a lot more political than you would think they would be for CW shows. And I thought yeah. this this four-part thing was pretty good. I mean, they really like, you know, they make make America Aryan again. I know that they're <laughs> I know that these are like little things. I'm not saying that this is super deep stuff for politics, but considering this is a show that can be made for like teenagers and stuff, I was pretty impressed with how how political the show was. Um yeah, they're, the four things. So, They're not really yeah. that political, and Earth X has been established in comic books continuity for decades. So Dude, I mean, and America Aryan again is clearly a political. That's clearly a Trump thing. That's not a that's yeah, but still, they're having fun with it. But still, Earth X has been has been in existence since like the sixties in the well, that's, DC universe. That's just, well, that's just good. That just means that they're able to take something from the past and able make to make it relevant again. That's good. That's a good thing. I I like that. I mean, there's a there's a lot. I mean, I was texting Libya. The whole time, like the, the meritocracy line from the evil Supergirl is, is very political. Uh, the, the, the fact that, and again, I haven't seen Supergirl um, in a while, but I like in this thing we see, is his name Ray? Who's yes. The first gay. The yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. Well, that, that wasn't was, Ray that was gay. Wait, no, was no, it is the Ray. Oh, oh the, the Ray. Ray. Thank you. Oh, right. And no I like that the guy from Prison Break, that version of him is gay. I thought that was – like there's a lot there. Like, I mean again, I am not saying it's deep. And that's all. Please, please do not mistake me for saying this is thing. <laughs> but I was – appreciated it. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know. So I, I enjoyed it. Again, I, I, I would be curious to see what you guys are all thinking because I have not seen these shows in a while. But I was, I was mostly pretty entertained. Uh, yeah. My, my biggest problem with it, – it happens at the beginning and then it happens at the very end. The whole thing. I hate Elicity. I hate Oliver and Felicity as a couple in words that I cannot. I mean, <laughs> I don't care for the current occupant of the White House more, but that's how strongly I don't like those two wow. characters together. Okay. And that's to actually high. steal the thunder. It, oh, my it is, God. 
Oh, yeah. You don't do that at a wedding. You don't propose to somebody at somebody else. That's not, just let a, not only propose, but get married at the same time. Interrupt their vows. The oh my god! That reeked so of mad. fan service of the highest degree. Not even so fan for service. Me, I like. I mean, I don't hate them as much as you, but I was so angry at Felicity for that. Ugh. That was not cool. Ugh. So for me, that kept it from sticking the landing. That that kind of spoiled what was a really i thought that this was probably the most cohesive or coherent uh crossover episode they've done because they really it looks like they boarded it and they scheduled it like a real movie instead of right. just four episodes that happened to tie in together right exactly uh it's great. too bad that the legends didn't oh. play in a little bit more uh sarah's one night stand with alex was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> oh but but i gotta say um, as a person who doesn't watch Legends, uh, wait, we can talk spoilers, right? Yeah, what yeah. go ahead. I gotta, I gotta say, man, I don't watch Legends, but Victor Garber's death, and then the uh, actor who plays his other, the other guy, Firestorm, yeah, yeah. Quite, yeah. Jackson, Franz Drame. Yeah, I thought that was quite moving. I, I it don't was know moving, characters. and I thought that was pretty good. I, I, yeah. So, and the thing that's interesting is we knew Garber had to leave the series because he's going to Broadway to be take over the male lead in Hello Dolly. But I, we didn't realize, you know, they, they'd been making the rounds to write him off, and then when they killed him, it's like, but, 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 that's not fair. Well, yeah, because they were making it seem like he was going to retire. So right. for several episodes, it was all about him retiring, saying goodbye, I'm going to go home and, and be a dad to my daughter and raise my grandson, and it's going to be, he's going to get basically his happily ever after. And nope, they killed him. Nope. <laughs> so it was. It was. I thought that was quite moving. Yeah, I agree. I I did. I did cry. I was like a little baby. Uh, Greg, you you haven't spoken yet. What did you think? Oh yeah. Um, I thought the crossover was great. Um, although you know when they started everything, and I was just like, Nazis, really? Do we have to do Nazis? Why does the bad guy always have to be Nazi? Because they're fun. But if it comes from the comics, then I can understand why they did. No. Seriously, it direct. Not only does it directly come from the comics, but this is basically a backdoor pilot for the next CW seed animated series, The Ray and the Freedom Fighters. So oh. uh, the, the same actor will be Russell Tovey will be voicing the Ray animated form, and there there are other there are other team members who. Yeah, there's a whole cast of characters that arises. I don't want to spoil it for people who don't know the comics, but yeah, that oh, was. Not coincidentally, one of the very first comic books that I collected as a kid. I can tell Fighters. from your excitement. Oh, yeah. Well, just to <laughs> see the Ray in, in live action. I mean, he wasn't initially portrayed as gay, but that's a recent change. But, you know, he's still a great character. Russell Tovey is a great actor. So it was good to see, you know, one of your childhood favorites in, 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 you know, on the screen in human form. It was cool. <laughs> and his powers were correct. Yes. Yes. And Russell Tovey is my favorite werewolf, so um, yeah. that was really a treat as well. Other thoughts, Greg? No. Tom summed him up. <laughs> You're done? Okay. <laughs> all right. So I think all around we're giving uh, Crisis on Earth X a big thumbs up. And my only criticism is why can't e any of the other four shows be this good? None of them are this good. Wait, no. what do you mean? I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed this crossover, and none of the shows on their own have a strong story well, I, or good quality. 
Wait, I, I thought would... I had heard. I thought I had heard that the Flash is pretty good this season. It's uh, better Flash than is... it was last season. last year. Yeah, Ugh. last season was terrible. This season is watchable, but the Crisis crossover was way better than any of them have been. So you don't. So this does not. So you're not. So you guys would not say. Oh, Pete, if you love this, you should go back and watch all those episodes. No. No. Although Legends has been fun, though. Legends has found its groove. They don't take it so seriously. Well, I I have a problem with Legends is that last season I thought Legends was pretty good. This season I think it's actually too silly. Oh, Uh, you think it's too silly? I think it's gone too far. I think it's gone too far in the silliness. So I actually, they passed my threshold in which I can tolerate. All right, let's move on. Uh, I think we're definitely giving this thumbs up. This was fantastic. Oh, yeah. uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Good Doctor. And this episode was... uh so good. Yeah. As far as procedural, it's, it's it pretty good. Like, it, it looks like House with a less charming actor. It's, <laughs> well, House was never charming, if you remember well, House. No, how, well, you know what I mean. Like, he's... He's a very compelling actor. He's like this. Yeah. I mean, I Freddie Highmore, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if that well, would be bad. The thing is, one, he's not the full center. It's that is around... the smartest thing they did too. Yeah, by the way. yeah. He's he, it's sort of around him. It's like all the people around him are actually the stars. So well, that, wait, know, I mean, House had a group too. No, but it's different. House was definitely the center. It's everything show. was around. Everything was his point of view. This show, we're not always with him. We're with yep. everyone else on the team, and you're with the head surgeon, and you're with all like everybody has their own storylines, and so you could go thirty minutes and not see the good doctor guy. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. So it's not always about him. And the other actors are all really strong. Richard Schiff, especially, is fantastic. Oh, always, always. Um, and so you just like it's a really strong cast. That's Wait, a, that's a, a Toby from West Wing. Yes, yes, he's really good. Yeah. As I mean, you I, know, he's he's Sean's mentor, right? I really like that they brought in Marsha Thomason this week as uh, oh, as uh, well, I can't think of his name, black dude. Who doesn't like Sean? Oh, his his wife. As as his wife. Right, right, right. I hope they consider adding her to the cast because she's so good. Well, she's and a good counter them, to him. Hope, yeah, yeah. Hill Harper. Hill, Hill Harper, I think, is the actor's name. I, I but don't know. they uh, they make a nice team, and she brought you know, it was it was good to have an, a more experienced female doctor, aside from our you know our young ingenue, who's who's also appealing and very good, yeah. but it's good to balance her out. Yeah, I, I do call all... shit. Go ahead, call shenanigans. I do call shenanigans on that storyline of them losing the sample. Boy, having just got out of the hospital, they're pretty careful, and they well, tend and... to check and double check and things. And yes, I know that they built that into the storyline, but still, I thought, come on, really? And I also felt like uh, it it wouldn't have been so black and white to like either do surgery and remove her her vocal yes. box or not, it would have been like, oh, we lost a sample. Let's see if anything else grows. You know like, yep. you know what I'm saying? I was like, it wouldn't In, have been... Of, we've got to do this now. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been like that. That just uh, smacked of, you yeah. know, the writers put it in the scripts, so it must yeah. be so. 
Yeah, I didn't understand that. I was like, so they got a, a, a sample so they can do a biopsy. Can they not get another sample? Well, no, they was, took the whole tumor, which you're supposed to do. So I understood. It wasn't just a biopsy. They actually removed the tumor. Oh, okay. Oh, the growth or whatever it was. Right. So they removed yeah. that, and they were going to take the sample, find out if it was benign or not. But since they lost the sample, they're like, oh, we lost a sample. Your choices are... If it's benign, you're fine. If it's not, we're going to have to take your whole vocal box, and we don't have time to find out if you develop any symptoms. I was like, uh, no, that's not how that no. works. Yeah, so Hashtag I just... reality. <laughs> so that was just to create a crisis in a situation that I felt was false. But the, uh, the story with the little boy was pretty cool, especially with the mom and the good. drum. That was very mm-hmm. sweet. That was really cool. Yeah, I really like that story. And that's... That's the one thing that I think this show has working for it is because it is very, yes, they don't always win, but you always can get behind the characters to do the right, right thing. Yeah. And, you know, whereas on other medical shows, you always had the met or house. I mean, you know, which is, you know, kind of the direct, direct ancestor of this show. House is such an a-hole that even though <laughs> the actor is charismatic, you kind of hate the lead. And he does right. awful things throughout the series. But in this one, you pretty much like everybody and you want things to go well for them. Right. And even though, what's the lead guy's name? I forgot his name. Freddie Highmore? Sean no, Murphy the, is the character's name? Yeah, even though Sean uh, doesn't really care about any of his patients and he's very analytical about everything, you still know that he wants to save their life. Like, that yes. is still his end goal. And, and he's not a jerk about it like house would be he just doesn't have the social mechanisms right that make him say super niceties or whatever and i like his thing which is he doesn't like to answer questions so if you ask him a question he'll just look at you and not respond and you don't realize what the problem is until you make until you ask him the question as like a statement and then he'll tell you whether the statement is true or false. Like, it's a mm-hmm. weird little... Fo- and I, I think that's that's interesting. All right. Uh, I like, I like the ahead. runner of, of The Neighbor, too. Oh, where, right. With, 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 him. with him getting the lesson with flirting and realizing yeah. that he, you know, he flirts back with her and she invites him in. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, that was cute. I'm not sure. I mean, she has to be super understanding to be able to deal with him. But I do think that that's kind of interesting. All right. Well, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Modern Family, and this was Celebrity Meetings. And what's funny is, because we're all living in L.A., I know, like, we could do that story. We could do that episode, just us, I'm sure. Um, but what did you think of the episode, Peter? I enjoyed it. You know, this this season of, the last few seasons of Modern Family are, I mean, they are, you know, if you like the show... You hope that in each episode there's at least a few a few jokes that you like as opposed to the first like maybe three seasons where I thought every episode was really strong and compelling. Um, but, you know, there's funny stuff here. I mean, yes, it's a celebrity episode. I like having um, Jay. He's doing like jury duty. Jury duty, yeah. Terry Bradshaw. And I'm not a football guy, but like I know. I know I'm not a football guy person either but i knew who he was at least i know his face enough to realize that he's famous right and i thought that was funny you know i I thought that was they did a good job uh with that um i i didn't mind the um was you know i got a question do you think the manny one 
is he do you think that guy's a real play playwright or did they just make that up because honestly i don't know that person i mean that part oh. that might be the joke oh, right oh yeah yeah I, I don't know who that guy is, but I thought the Billy Crystal cameo was fantastic. Yes, and the that fact was... that they didn't know who he was and they thought he was just a creepy guy talking to them. And she was like, let me get my son away from this weirdo. <laughs> and, and he was like, he kept throwing out random lines from every movie he was in to try to get them to recognize him. And he was like, you know, like when I go storm the castle and... Uh, oh my god, it was so Oh, so that's funny. what Billy Crystal's cameo was? Yeah, it was fantastic. He was basically, he saw that this other playwright was really mean to Manny, and so he he goes over to give Manny some advice and to try to make him feel better. Like, well, you know, some, Manny was super sad that some random playwright that nobody's ever heard of was mean to him, and he figured, well, if I'm nice to him and I'm famous... Then it'll be even better, except that Manny didn't know who he was. And so I call shenanigans on that. Come on, <laughs> really? Well, Manny is a kid. He's only like 18. Eight, Princess, how many 18 Princess year olds? Bride, Princess Bride is a movie that, you know, kids like Manny would know. It is a little. Know. It is a little weird that they did the they did the joke with Manny because Manny Manny is 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 almost like an old man. That's kind of the gag is right. that he would. So there is a weird feeling that it's like really he wouldn't know like now like do I think Luke would know no Luke might that not. would be t- different Luke yes I would buy that Manny no right but still the joke and at the end I think Billy Crystal says something like oh I gotta shave the beard or something <laughs> yeah. like that. he's like nobody's <laughs> recognized he thinks it's the beard is why nobody recognizes him and then yeah the, the joke on Mitch and Cam is that the they basically think it's like some home decorating guy it but is a home decorating that, guy. Right, but he basically that his show got canceled, and the whole time they're at like a Home Depot or some garden store, and the joke, of course, is that guy just works there now. And I was like, well, okay, like that was fine. Um, but but no, I mean, I, you know, it was fine. I mean, I like Modern Family. You know, it's weird. I I'm a really big fan of sitcoms, and I tend to watch sitcoms over and over again. Like that Modern Family episode, I've already seen that twice, and I think it's just okay. You know, I've seen <laughs> Superstore. I've seen all three seasons Superstore probably three times, like because I just really enjoy sitcoms. Like, but I I do think I can separate. I don't I don't think this season of Modern Family is anything more than like a C or something. But meh, you know, I still like seeing the characters. So, so should I? Wa- it's on my DVR. Should I watch it or not? I think oh, sure. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's it was pretty amusing. Like it's only as, twenty minutes. It's so short. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And the Billy Crystal bit was pretty amusing and. The J in um, court was pretty amusing. I thought both both of those Cam and Mitchell in the store was not that great. Like that was mm. blah. But the other two I thought were pretty good. Like I would be more like we didn't have it this this week. But I mean I, I think we would all agree. Obviously, like uh, the Good Place is much more of an appointment television than Modern Family. Oh yeah, Family. definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean. Of course. Um, wait, right. has Tom heard of The Good Place? I don't even know if he knows what that is. I've watched it. I, I, I would rather watch that than Modern, than Modern Family. Either. Yes. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. Well, let, let's move on, guys. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Runaways. And if only they would run away. Like, <laughs> I've read the, the graphic novel, the first one. And at this point, they've all run away because their parents are so scary they're afraid well one they're appalled that their parents are sacrificing and killing teenagers and they get scared and they take off and they they're trying to figure out how to stop their parents at least in the graphic novel that's where they are here on the show they're 
just now going, well, they have like a split in their group. Half of them think that their parents are evil and are killing teenagers. And the other half thinks, well, there must be a logical explanation on why our parents are doing what they're doing. And the answer is, uh, yeah, their parents are crazy and they're killing people. Well, they're not crazy. They're not crazy. but I mean, it feels like half the parents have basically made a deal with the devil they can't get out of. And the other half are the devil. That's kind of <laughs> like uh, James, like James Marsters is clearly crazy and reveling in what he's doing. But like the guy from, is he from alias? Yeah. The guy yeah. He's alias? from alias. Yeah. Yeah. Like he clearly, he want he and his wife want out. They clearly don't want to keep killing people. Like, right. so they're in a bad situation, I think. Yeah. But right. they all must have at some point agreed to this deal. Yeah. Right, but we just question, don't know what the deal is. It's funny, Run. I have not read the comic of Runaways, but the show, and I really like the show. I think the production value is fantastic. Like, and and you were bringing up a news about the whole Dawson's Creek writers thing. This is the uh, Schwartz and Savage. These are the people who made the OC and Gossip Girl. And I liked Gossip Girl for a few seasons. I never saw the OC, but I, this show it really it it helps that they have writers that write about. Um, I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is that, that write about rich, rich, uh, teenagers. Cause all three of those shows are basically affluent kids. Cause aren't right. these kids in Brentwood or something oh, yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah. Well, all these kids are super wealthy. rich. Like, but I, yeah, the only thing I wonder, I don't know if Tom's seen the show, but even though I am a fan of lost, I am wondering if this is one of those shows where they're going to, where they keep. They keep giving us these cool new like mysteries. They pose these questions like, what does that mean? What does that do? And it's like, are they going to answer all these things? Because like, I, <laughs> I think we were texting each other and I just texted you like three questions off the top of my head and they were huge for the show. And I was right. like, if I had more time, I would have more questions. But what I do like is they're slowly revealing that each one of the kids has powers. Um, and do you think that's connected to the parents? Like, why do these kids have powers? Though, if the girl's power is exclusively that she turns on, like, a light bulb, that's a lame power. No, I'm assuming, but it's a, it doesn't really look like a, it looks weird. It, it's clearly something. Yeah, but, but all we've seen her do is light up. We haven't seen her do my, anything else. My guess is that her power is like, um, uh, another show that ha- deals with teenage uh, like the gifted, I keep thinking that her weird, what you're calling flashlight thing, her glowy thing, I keep thinking it's some weird interdimensional thing. That she's like not, she can travel? Maybe. It's either she travels or she brings something else in. I don't think it's a power like she, I don't think it's like a freeze ray or a lightning bolt. I think it's a, this weird glow happens around her and then something happens. I don't know well, what it is though. Remember the That's- painting was a glowing girl with wings. So maybe she just doesn't have her wings yet. Hey, oh, well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe. Because um, if she gets wings, cast, that would be cool. And I got to say, the whole cast is pretty good. Like, yeah. I mean, I all the kids are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's really even. Well, no, I mean, I like the adults. And the, the, well, I, think, I mean, I know, usually the problem is the kids, but I'm saying all the kids are good. Um, right. And yeah, right. and of course the parents are all good too. They're all pretty much name actors you've seen. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us, and the episode is called Number Three. Um, I think of the three, I mean, I liked Number One. I thought that story was really good. And I liked Number Two also. I did too. Like, that's what I'm like, I liked all of them. 
but I don't want to pick. I like all three of them. Uh, I can pick. Number three is better. <laughs> <laughs> was that Peter or Greg? That was Peter. Why, Peter? Why is number three Well, better? I just, I feel like Randall and his family, well, the fact that Randall has a family, I like Rand. Uh, well, okay, not including the flashbacks and everything, but like Randall and his present day family is just, I don't know, I just always find them more compelling than what Kevin and Kate are doing. I think I think the show needs all of them, and a really good episode is when it's all balanced out, but for the project, which, it is, which is, oh, what if we did one focused on each of the kids? Yeah, I mean, this is a, it was like no question to me. I just found this one way more emotionally invested. I mean, you yourself said it that... Even though I know on another podcast you brought up a good defense, while I do think that the actor playing Kevin is doing a good job, I just, eh, you know, it's just the whole, essentially, even though I think they've got some good things that you brought up about the whole, like, him being an addict and thinking about now how it kind of links back to his father being it, that's good. I do like that, but I still have to sit through a lot of that stuff. And I think that, eh, I think it's okay, you know, like, I don't know. And, you know, I like Kate's. I just, I don't know. I thought I, this one, this one was very emotional for me. I, I don't think I really, I don't know if I cried. I mean, that's the joke, right? The Is one, it like, like, no, but the one with Kate, dude, I cried 15 minutes that, in until the for end. For me, that was the most, that was the most emotional. Because yeah. I've had so many, I've had so many close friends who've had miscarriages. And it's, this is the first time I can remember a TV show focusing on it. And well, for that, that alone, the, they, yeah, they, they deserve kudos. But I think one of the reasons why the Randall storyline works so well is, first off, dude's a great actor. Right. B, this, they're the only, out of the three kids, it's the only stable nuclear family <laughs> in the next generation. It's kind of interesting that, and I kind of dig this, that the black family is the one that's got a, a pretty solid family environment, whereas Kate and Toby are, are trying to figure out, you know, they're, they're proceeding really well, and Kevin's a hot mess. <laughs> yes, that, so, is, that is definitely true. But the girls are good. Uh, the woman who plays Beth is amazing. And so my biggest fear, my wife adopted her foster son last year, which I was in a holding pattern <laughs> moving our relationship forward because I didn't want to do anything to screw up that process. But she wa- she's been watching This Is Us with me this season and when we saw the coming attractions for this week's show, she was afraid they were going to pull some Hollywood BS. Because if you if the biological parent is out of jail and there's no reason to not reunite, it's called unification, to reunite the child with the parent, the foster parents have no legal claim. And yeah, they were trespassing, but if they had gone down that way, Deja would have hated them. That yep. would I mean, I love that as strongly as Randall and Beth felt that he had the epiphany that we've got to let her be with her mom. I mean, you know, just, I love that they didn't have to, you know, they could be very strong and vent on the social worker and kudos to the mom from that 70s show who was great in that role. Yeah, she was great. She was great in that role. And she knows where the family's coming from and basically holds her peace and says, I'm going to let them figure it out by themselves. Just... <laughs> But it was a great episode. And I love that they planted the seed that this little boy is going to be coming their way soon. Uh, Greg, yes. your thoughts real quick. Yeah, I mean, if you just tie up, like, all three episodes together, you know, one, two, and three. I mean, it's just, I mean, we've, we've had our emotional ups and downs with this show. But for all three kids, I mean, you've got, you've got Kevin, who 
is, you know, right at the moment where he finally decided that he's got a problem and he wants to reach out to, you know, his sibling to tell him about it. It's like, you know, what his sister is going through kind of eclipse what he's going through because she just lost the baby. And so he's going through substance abuse. She just lost the baby. And, um, um, and Randall, uh, they, and yeah, Randall they just lost the Kid and they too. just lost Asia. So all three of the kids are just at the at an emotional low right now. Right. And of course, he did the smart thing by, you know, sitting tight and having to deal with it. No, he got drunk and went driving and got arrested on a DUI. Oh, and his niece well, stowed away in the car. <laughs> but that's the thing though. I mean, he was looking he 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 was looking for emotional support. Right. And and but by the time he got to the house, he realized that first of all that He's been dealing with his problem so much that he ignored his twin sister because um, she was, you know, trying to reach out to him, too. And and he's, you know, he's not in a position to get the emotional, you know, support that he needs because, you know, Randall and his wife are going through something. Right. I, I think the, the thing is, Kevin, I mean, this is how you can tell when a show's characters feel real to you. It's like, dude, stop being so selfish. It's not about you. Right. It's not always about you. And the fact that Kevin is used to, you know, clamoring for attention all the time because he feels that he doesn't get in, he didn't get enough in childhood. And, you know, he had the, the career football career shattering accident. But it's like, dude, grow up. Well, that's part of it. I mean, he's never had to. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Let's move on. Um, I think we're definitely giving this episode a thumbs up. As oh, yeah. We always do. This Is Us has yet to give us a stinker, so I'm very happy. Next up, uh, we're going to talk about Young Sheldon. We haven't talked about it in a little while. This episode was really interesting because <laughs> it basically showed you that Sheldon becomes an astrophysicist mainly to to twist his out thumb. Out of spite. Out of spite, yeah. <laughs> some, some scientist from NASA just assumed he wasn't smart. And he decided that he had to prove to him that he was, and he gave himself an ulcer, <laughs> uh, which was awesome and hilarious. Uh, and he worked on the math and worked the problem and did everything he needed to do to prove his mathematical solution. And the guy, and he finally gets the meeting. The dude was like, "Yeah, this is good and everything, but it's all theoretical, and we're like thirty years away from being able to build any of this." And he was like. So my math is right, and he was the guy's like, "Well, yeah," and he was like, "Oh, okay," and I just walked out. <laughs> How but, perfect was that tag at the end of the episode with Elon Musk? <laughs> oh, right, that was brilliant. Elon that Musk brilliant. stole his notebook. Uh, and I was built a, when, built a rocket. <laughs> uh, full disclosure: I know one of the producers of uh, Big Bang who's going to start working on Young Sheldon soon. And I was concerned when they decided to pick up Young Sheldon and this was kind of uh, they developed it as a hedge your bets in case they couldn't get the full cast of the parent show back. But I'm glad that they made it completely, you know, something completely different on its yeah. own. It's basically the Wonder Years meets Doogie Howser. Yeah, and it's it's it doesn't feel like Big Bang Theory at all. No, and it's funny. Oh my gosh, some of Annie Potts singers. <laughs> Peter, why are you not watching this? You said you love comedies. I do. I don't know why I I uh, haven't seen this. I thought the trailer looked okay. It's it, really it good. Try. It's really it's, good. It's, it's really it's charming. Funny. 
it's, yeah. it's, it's charming. It's fun. The kid is terrific. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. This kid yeah. He's gold. fantastic. And um, you know how I feel about comedies and I'm recommending this. Come on. True. <laughs> Seriously. If Libya recommends a comedy, you know, it's gotta be good. And I do have CBS all access. So. Yes, you do. Oh, you have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right. so that's what I can watch in my interim time. Okay. Yeah, Young Sheldon is so much fun. It's just like you you do not doubt that this little kid will become Sheldon. Like just his little quirks and the way he talks to his parents and looking at his siblings, you're like, oh my God, growing up in that house must have been torture for him. Uh, his I love the little sister. The little his, sister cracks me up. Yeah, I like his sister better than his little brother. His little brother's just really dumb. He's but just his, an idiot. Yeah, he's just an idiot. But his sister, she's nowhere near as smart as him, but it's like because she's his twin, she absolutely understands him. But she uses it for evil. <laughs> so, so his little sister's great. And his Mima, oh my god. Annie Potts. I've loved Annie Potts since Ghostbusters one, and oh. so anything with her, I'm inclined to watch. Yeah, but she's she's having so much fun. She is such a drunkard, gambling, <laughs> just waste of space person that like Sheldon doesn't understand any of the things that she's doing. And oh, the episode like a- where they took off with the car, they like stole her car because she was drunk and passed out. Mm-hmm. And the older brother was like, "You, he could barely touch the pedals. It was hilarious. Oh, my Did God. Did you catch Ray Liotta's cameo in Thursday night's episode, too? Uh, wait. I Ray know who Liotta. Ray Liotta is. When, uh, when she's in the casino. Oh, that's that right. That was Ray Liotta. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the one that she owed money to, and she was like, here, win all my quarters. <laughs> she was like, she. I don't know how much money she owed him, but it was way more than the quarters that came out of that machine. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's fun. It's a definitely thumbs up for me. Young Sheldon. Watch it. All right. Next up. We're going to talk The Punisher. This should be the end of our Punisher discussion. Oh, uh, Tom, only, you st- I, wait, I just nope. got to episode six. I know. You start off. What did you think uh, up to episode six? What do you think of the show, the show so far? I'm not a fan of The Punisher, the comic book series. Not really a fan of the character. But, man, did this show. I mean, once I got past the violence of episode one, the hook of this is a really damaged guy out for revenge against the people who killed his family. And it's, you know, it's working for me. It's firing on all cylinders. I have to be, you know, I can't watch it while, while the five and a half year old is around because for obvious reasons. But I'm, I'm in it. I'm surprised they took till episode six to reveal that Prince Caspian was the bad, was a bad guy. You have to see what is the character's name? I don't know who Prince Caspian is. Uh, Billy. Played by oh, ben thank Barnes. you. Well, they, it's like, they, dude, of course he's a bad guy. He's got the evil goatee. He has a beard, <laughs> yeah. not a goatee. He has, he has the Whatever. Evil <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I suspected, like when, especially when, um, what's the Punisher's name? Uh, Frank Castle. Frank, thank you. When Frank kept saying, "He's my brother. I trust him more than anything," and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. "He's probably evil." Um, <laughs> so I started to suspect he was evil. The dude runs a freaking paramilitary organization. Like right, and I, I suspected, Blackwater. I suspected, but I didn't have proof, so I didn't completely trust him. Um, but I really do like uh, Frank's relationship with Micro. I think that that's fantastic. Yeah, Micro's cool. 
And I like uh, Frank going over to the house with the wife and the kids and, like, you know, doing chores over there. I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of interesting. Um, and I like the best friend that's... Um, the black dude? Yeah, yeah. he's he's the, the... counselor. Thank you, the counselor. I was like... And the storyline with the young soldier that's returned, like, you can yeah. tell that's going to go you sideways. Can, yeah, I, I could tell that, that was going south. And when he, when he found out that that guy was a poser... I, right. I knew, yeah, that's not going to end well. And it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Greg, what did you think about the end of The Punisher? Oh, well, I'm going to be probably the dissenting opinion because um, for me, I thought The Punisher was a thumb sideways. Okay, why? Uh, there, there were just some elements of the show that I thought um, probably should have ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, I think that in in some cases, like they took too long to tell certain parts of the story. Um, like, like for example, um, some things that just, you know, made me, you know, just groan were like every single time they showed like the, um, the, the guy who was doing the counselor, like, I, I swear, like for like five episodes, every time they showed him, he was either, he was either folding chairs up and like hanging them or taking chairs down and unfolding them. It's like every single time <laughs> they show the actor, and I was just like, really? Do we have to see him, like, dealing with chairs again? It was like, you know, I was like, I was almost refreshed when they finally had, like, one scene where he wasn't in that room. I was, it just, it was just too, it, for me, it was just too many times. So, especially if you're binging, Apparently. you know, Punisher, I mean, you know, I kind of wanted the, um, I kind of wanted the them to kind of you know get to the point you know more quickly. Um, some of the other things that kind of bothered me were um, I I didn't think that the the um, the relationship between like the what he called him Prince Caspian <laughs> Billy his name is the character's name is Billy Billy Russo. right okay. so the the relationship between Billy and Dinah Dinah Madani. Um, you know, it's like they showed that for some reason they decided to show them having sex. And so they got together, which was just really supposed to be this um, this, you know, stress release. So it wasn't really a relationship. Um, and and then, you know, I think I think. So your so problem then, was that they showed them having sex. Well, no, the, the thing was, is that there, what what I think we really wanted as an audience is the betrayal, right? That he, he was supposed to be this good guy that was dating her. And then she realizes that he's a bad guy when she's in the stairwell. But I think just having like sex as a stress release didn't really give us that relationship that we wanted. I think if they had like shown them, like they, they really dated over a long period of time or they, you know, really well, hung did out. show that they had been, been together for a while. I, I don't, as an audience member, I didn't crave a full relationship with them. Like, that was not something I was looking for. Mainly because I don't know if I would have believed it. Because the kind of guy that Billy was, he was not the type of person that was going to date someone. So I didn't have a problem. I actually, if you had tried to show them dating, I would have been like, okay, what's going on? Well, yeah, they did in the flashbacks that he was just more of a ladies man exactly you know, like so i wouldn't night. have believed the whole dating thing but i just didn't i guess it just wasn't fulfilling to me you know when you finally get to the betrayal part you know when she realizes that 
you know, he's a bad guy. It just, it was just nothing. There was just nothing there. It's like, you just see like a grimace on her face and then that's it. And then, well, I actually think what really worked was the episode before where he's the one that killed her partner and then he shows up comforting her, which ended up being really creepy. So that really worked for me. That worked. Yes. But yeah. Um, uh, other things, um, I think that I, I think we might have had too many villains in the show. They had two. That's not too I many. Think, well, no, we had the you know we had the um, the one guy from uh, the counseling session who ended up you know strapping himself to a bomb and then um, taking uh, what's her name hostage, right? Uh, from the other show, so we had him. I think his entire storyline was separate. I think that yeah. he wasn't really a villain in the overall story of Frank Castle other than he was a mirror. He was supposed to be, this is what Frank Castle could be if things go wrong. Like, this is his alter ego if he doesn't walk the straight and narrow. He wasn't a villain per se as he's one of the guys that that uh, the Punisher has a vendetta against. He was right. just really like, these are what American soldiers are going through, and if they don't get the treatment and the help that they need, then this is how they can go bad. And it was well, more of a public service announcement than him being an actual villain. Well, he, I mean, he was a villain from the standpoint that he took you know, Karen Page hostage, or that Karen Page got mixed up in what he was doing. I guess, I, I don't know if that was just there to... to give Karen Page more of a role in the storyline or not. Um, but, you know, Castle ends up having to go and rescue her. Right, I know. I, I, you know, get to, so, I know what you're saying. But then, besides, but I, I just don't feel like he was a villain in the overall arc of the story. That's all. Well, and then when we get to the end, we had a very satisfying, you know, we find out, you know, who's the big bad. You know, he's the guy who orchestrated, you know, the killing of you know, of Castle's family and the whole thing, you know, we get a very like Game of Thrones style, like crush the skull, eyeballs, like just blood and gore death for this guy. But Which I can we- hear from your voice you thought was awesome. Well, yeah, it was totally awesome. But then it's like, oh, well, we killed him, but you know what? We still got this other guy that he's going to have to go after because that's his friend and he's going to have to go after him and he's going to have to defeat him and he's going to have to end up somehow being defeated but wrapped up in bandages at the end so that we have some other big bag that comes back later. And I just thought that that was too much for me. And so that, well, I mean, the only so thing nice is he was the only one in the story who was equal to Frank. So he was the only villain, I think, worthy of an actual villain title because the rest of those guys in a fight, Frank Castle can beat them in five seconds. So that's not really a challenge. So they were giving us Billy as one, the betrayal, which was a really good moving moment when he talks to him and he tells him that he knew that his family was ordered to be killed. And Frank is crying. Like, that's the first sign that we... You're not going to get that kind of reaction from Frank from the other dude. You're not going to get that emotional breakdown. So I really thought that it really worked for me. Yeah, no, didn't work for me. Did not work for me at all. I know. We've already had this discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, okay. we're going we're to move uh, you on. Know, you know, gonna... Madani, you know, even at the end, Madani is like this, you know, she's this tough, like, FBI agent. She finally figures things out. She gets to the merry-go-round and gets taken out by one bullet. I was like, what? Then why was she even there? 
It was just like taken down by. That like, was what? weird. That was what? weird. She yeah, served as a distraction so that Frank could win the fight, but that did sort of suck because they built her up as this awesome character, and she was she was out of the fight very quickly. I agree with that. That one I can back you up on. All right, well let's wrap that up. I thought Punisher overall was a good season, good series, season one. I I liked it. Uh, well, I thought it, I thought it was better than Iron Fist, uh, but just sideways for me instead of up. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this was their two-hour se- uh, season finale. Oh, no, season finale. premiere. Good Lord. Season fifth premiere. Season, <laughs> fifth season premiere, <laughs> Livia. <laughs> I'm trying to end the season early, apparently. I don't know why. I really enjoyed this premiere. So is ABC by giving it the Friday Night Death Slot. I know, what? right? <laughs> but it, this is the strongest, I think, S.H.I.E.L.D. has started in a while. It is. I was pleasantly surprised by that fact. Yes, I was really happy because I just love that Coulson, when he gets there, like, well, they have the weird opening with the the bald alien swimming guy. That Uh, was weird and kind of unnecessary. Just don't give us that. I I would have preferred if they had started right in the middle of they wake up in the spaceship and what the heck is going on. Well, right us... when they arrive. Oh, well, no, actually, I like them showing that monolith. I think if they had just started where they were frozen, and then somebody's like, the doorway is going to open in whatever, and then the monolith mm-hmm. sweeps them, I'd have been like, what kind of monolith? And then you're, you know, you're there. I think that's a really strong start. But Peter, you said you liked the open. You said you liked the uh, talking. Was it talking heads song? Oh yeah, nice use of the talking heads. But um, I again like. Um... Like the CW, the DC shows, I have not seen S.H.I.E.L.D. in forever. I saw the first two or three seasons. Um, but I had heard that this premiere was really good, uh, Orientation, part one and two. Um, I thought the first hour was terrific. I thought it was the, – because the, I watched it on Hulu. So it, it ends when you realize that they're in the future and mm-hmm. Earth is like barely anything. Like a weird um, – I thought that was all pretty good. Like I, it was a little too like – there was a part of me sometimes that wondered what the if the budget of Shield was like slashed a little because it's it's so indoors and and in these weird warehousey sets. They're in a stuff. spaceship. I know. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. I, just I was like, it little... can't be outside. <laughs> I know. They couldn't afford a real spaceship, Livia. No, I, thought the, I thought that the space when um when they get in the ship and then they start like flying with the asteroid, you know, with the debris, that was all pretty good for yeah, effects. Yeah. Um, no, overall, I, you know, I was a little lost cause I don't know. I mean, I guess I like, I don't, I don't know yo-yo that well. I like the character of yo-yo. Love yo-yo. That's what I left. You need to know is that yo-yo and Mac are a couple. That was all. That was the only thing you, missed. you get some uh, Nick and Nora Charles action with them. Right. So that was all good. But honestly, the second hour, I was disappointed because well, I don't... Wait, wait before we get to the second hour, because there's one oh, thing sorry. I want to talk about the first hour, which was I thought that Coulson was hilarious in the first hour. They had some really good comedic moments where, you know, the guy's like, oh my God, it's Asian Coulson, you're here to save us. He was like, yeah, okay, so who are you? Where am I? What am I saving you for? <laughs> very, What's very going cool. on? Like all of that was that was just really hilarious. And then every time he starts to get answers, somebody either knocks the dude out or kills him. And he's like, if only that guy could finish a sentence. My my favorite bit though was when let's split up. No, I've never seen an alien movie before. <laughs> <laughs> I agreed with that. 
and he and was like, "And so you know who's going to get five. it first? Yeah." We 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 had them all five walking down, and then Colson says, "I I don't think we've ever looked cooler." <laughs> I know they're they're creeping in a little V formation. That was hilarious. Yeah. Well, I like him. He goes, uh, goes, how how hard did you hit that guy? It's like, what do you mean how hard it is? As hard as I possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All of the, the comedy of the first episode was just so great. Yeah, like, that was great. I, I agree. Yeah, so it was really good, strong open. And I know they deliberately made that guy that came through the um, window and he had his his face shield on. I was like, that's very Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, oh, yeah. I know they did that quite on purpose. Um, and then even, oh, because I don't know if you guys know this, but um, not Melinda May, but uh, Ming-Na hurt herself in the finale of last season. She oh, blew no. Out, she blew out her knee really badly. So Ow. over the summer, she had knee surgery. And so she's still recouping. And the very first thing they do is they give her a leg injury. And I was like, yep, that's about right. Yeah, because because I mean, she she because uh, I was working on the same um, studio lot. lot. And so she was always being driven everywhere. She didn't want to, you know, couldn't walk long distances. She wasn't using a cane anymore, but she's definitely still having problems with her leg. So, but the amazing thing is, is those action scenes in the first episode, she did a lot of those. <laughs> With some help from some, you know, stunt double help a little bit here and there. But she did a lot of stuff on her own with a leg injury, which is crazy. Um, Props. Yep. So I was I was really impressed. But in just in case you were wondering why her leg is injured and why will probably remain injured for most of the season. Um, so you now we can talk. Now? Yes. Let's talk about number two. All right, yeah, Peter. Will... Oh, oh, I'm wondering ahead. if. I'm wondering if if their their contribution to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe is just to establish some backstory about the Kree before Captain Marvel comes out in two years. Oh, okay. Because it's interesting. I don't know that much. I, I tangent. I know a lot about Carol Danvers as Ms. Marvel and and Marvel before her, but I guess it's worth worth noting that the that the Kree generally tend to be jerks, <laughs> and. <laughs> So I thought that was kind of an interesting choice to make it so heavy on them and to bring up the framework again was interesting with Deke. Right. The actor who plays Deke is I, I keep feeling like I've seen him in something before, but I haven't I can't tell you I what it beat is. Him yet. Yeah. I mean it was uh this the second episode was much more about establishing the universe now that we know that we're in the future. The second episode mm-hmm. was much more about establishing how things work on the ship because we're obviously not getting back to our own time immediately. So that's to establish no. how, what the things in their wrists are, the meters, I think, like what they are, how they use them, who the Kree are, what the hierarchy is. So it's a lot more exposition and it's not as mm-hmm. much fun. So I agree with Peter in that respect. But I did think it was still interesting because I wanted to understand what this new universe was about and how it worked. So, other thoughts, guys? Peter, you were I interrupted I you know. before. I don't, eh, I don't know. It's so funny because, like, they clearly spent a lot of time with this new villain, with him, him with his little speech about, like, 
he offers her grapes and he's pruning the uh, the the his little flowers. The, and the Kree like, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're they're really spending a lot of time on like this is the new villain like type of guy. But I was like, ah, I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, it's so I don't know. It's weird because like, but we don't watching... know if that guy in particular is the actual villain. We just know he happens to be the guy that's in control of the ship that they're on, and obviously they just got they're getting a a visitor from somewhere else. So before you assume he's the big bad of the season, you know, or, wait for it. he's a He's a bad. Yes. How about that? Yes. Like, he is uh, a bad. But like the other thing too is who it is the uh what is because I'm so tired of both characters. Gemma? Okay, so Fritz Fitz. Okay, right. Gemma and Fritz is the one. He's not there. Right. Fitz. He's the guy that I recall I never liked. That I'm always yeah. like, oh god, is he dead yet? So he's not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. No, he's no. not dead yet. He's stuck um, in the past. Technically he's so, dead. Well, yeah, technically so, he's dead. Technically he's dead in the past. Dead. That's true. <laughs> oh, right, that's true. Right, right. He lived his life. Right. Um, but but Gemma, I feel like Shield has done this before where Gemma is in some weird kind of situation where she's either hostage or in peril. And I'm just like, really? So like the guy, once the guy puts the thing, honestly, I was okay with it when it's just like, Oh, well clearly he's going to want to keep her around because she's obviously smart and talented. But once he put the thing in her ear where it's like, Oh, she can only hear what he says. I was like, Ow. I was like, I don't know about this. But it actually explains, but I mean, like I said, they're establishing how that universe works. And it obviously explains like when she was trying to talk to people, nobody would respond to her and she couldn't figure out why. And, yeah, that's, and now she knows why. So I actually think it all and it's going to make communicating with the team and planning with the team that much more difficult. So it's, it's more of a road. I look at it as a roadblock versus her being a villain. She's actually in a really good position more than they are because she's going to see what's going on at the top. So right. I don't really have a problem with that. Greg, your I, thoughts before I, we go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, Greg, your thoughts before we, uh, log off. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I found myself like completely just like, uh, trying to figure out what was going on and trying to get, you know, Hey, please give me some exposition. So I, I know what's going on. And then, you know, of course, at the beginning, every time someone would try to say something, they would get killed or like, you know, whooshed away or whatever. And I was starting to get slightly frustrated. But I like that they've established this this whole like new challenge that the team has to overcome. Although, you know, we, we're dealing with time travel now. So they're they're in the future. And I'm just kind of wondering, OK, if if the world is destroyed wouldn't you want to send someone to the past so that they fix that before it happens <laughs> the future after it's already happened? Because well, how are they supposed to fix this? I, uh, <laughs> that's a very good question. <laughs> I so was kind of thinking that they're going to get all the information on what happened in the past. So then, then wow. they can go back to the past and prevent it. You know? Yeah. And- and then we've got well, we have some. I don't know if the information is true or not, but apparently the Earth was destroyed by Quake. I don't believe that. I mean, she's powerful. So, she's not that powerful. Well, and like know. they all said, that the history books were all wrong. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, they said, oh yeah, and that Sharknados that you used to have. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was good. I like that too. That, that, that was a fun little zinger. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't believe just because this dude says it, I don't know if that's, I don't believe that that's true. And cause I can't see a universe in which, uh, Daisy decides to blow up the earth. So, all right, let's wrap it up. I'm very excited about this new season. I cannot wait. I think this is going to be amazing. Uh, so thumbs up for me. And if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye.